Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Teresa, you have a lot going on with business, family, coaching, a whole bunch of different other things, doing your own events, going to events, and all kinds of awesome stuff. How do you define work-life business balance? Well, I really don't think that there is such a thing as work-life balance, and I'm sure you've heard that answer before. And both of you uh, are familiar with a process that I use. It's actually my own framework called the real life process. And I think, you know, it is taking that uh, framework of if you know yourself well. So I love to use the tool, the Enneagram, and also some needs and values assessments and some different things to, if you picture a triangle, if you know yourself well, that's the bottom foundation of that triangle, then you can live out your best real life. And in the real life process framework, we do that through some 90 day process of managing projects in the next 90 days. Some people would call those goals, but we call them projects. And then putting that into your calendar. So we're now breaking it down and giving what you see as your vision and your purpose. We're giving it legs. We're making it move through your calendar and your projects. And uh, so if you know your real self, live your real life, you can do your best real work. But there is no such thing as, oh, I'm going to divide this 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30 or, you know, it all belongs. Everything belongs, both personal and professional. And there's going to be different priorities at different times. And so I love to help people break down that as we look at the real life process. What are the big rocks? I call them the big pickles because I love to use a pickle jar as an example. I live on a farm and uh, love to make homemade pickles. <laughs> She's gonna Your have listeners can't see that, but I've got the jar right here. That I'm oh, showing. Hey, you're I, making me hungry. I love her pickle jar. I love your pickle jar analogy. It's just so clear when, when you're going through yeah. it. Yeah. Because if you uh, try to put the juice in the jar first, you know, you're going to have a mess all over your counter. But if you put in the things that matter first, and some of those things are going to be from your life, such as your family, your relationships, your marriage all of those things. And some of those are going to be from your work and it all belongs in the jar. You have to have, you know, you don't just put one pickle in the jar. You put lots of different pickles and lots of different sizes and, but they all belong in. And then, you know, that juice comes around at the jar representing your life or even your week and your calendar, but the juice comes in around it and fills in and makes it sweet, makes it good. You know, those are what I call the extraordinary moments. And we don't want to miss those. We don't want to miss the sweet parts of life because we're so busy trying to claim this, you know, perfect or ideal, what we think is an ideal life. And so different seasons of life are going to have different priorities, right? You know, they're <laughs> going to have 
different things. You and you know, your family and my family are in totally different seasons. I'm an empty nest and you're still raising the little ones. And so uh, the work-life balance that we talk about might look different in your season of life than it does in mine. And neither are wrong. They're just different. So your pickle jar is stacked differently than mine right now. I really like what you're saying. It's basically, it has to be fluid, like throughout your seasons of life, your whatever is going on in the world. Um, I'm sure everybody's productivity is looking a little, or yeah, productivity and work-life yeah. balance is looking a little different in the last few months yes. than it normally does. Um, and, and who knows what it's going to look like as things start to open up. Um, and then, but it's also about personality uh, right. as well. Like everybody right. has their own personality. Everybody's. So, you know, as we're talking here and we've kind of walked through um, this season with the pandemic, we're still kind of in it. We don't know what new normal is going to look like. So um, I think it has made a lot of people go back and ask the question of, you know, I say, forget productivity, do what matters. Like people are really asking what really does matter? Yeah. You know, we all didn't, when this crisis first hit, we all didn't go, oh, let me go check on you know, the next big work project I've got. No, we all checked in with family. We all checked in with friends. We all hunkered down and, and, you know, we're in the basic necessities. We're coming out of some of that now and people are starting to, to flow again and work again. And, and it's not going to look exactly the same. We don't know what it's going to look like, mm -hmm. but when you've done the work to build that solid foundation of knowing your real self, and I will say this, I just came off of a virtual retreat that I led last weekend around my process. And I will say that's not the funnest work to do. You know, it's not the funnest work to build the foundation. You, when you think about, you know, building a house, like digging out the foundation or those types of things are not the funnest part, but once you've done it, you know, and we know this even through scriptural stuff, right? Like a firm foundation makes all the difference. So I know for me, that was a lot of my, my story is I hadn't taken the time to do that. So I was super productive and I could get a lot of things done because it, as Jocelyn said, it's my personality, mm -hmm. but I wasn't always doing the things that really mattered. So just encourage your listeners, especially, you know, younger you are, the better, the sooner you can grasp this concept, the better of know really what matters, you know, what do you want your life to look like? Do that deeper work of getting to know who you are, how you were designed, who you were created to be. I say, I love to use the Enneagram to do that work. That's my personality tool of choice, but uh, there's all kinds of great tools out there. I just how, love how it aligns with our whole self um, and uh, really speaks into that place. So that's the tool we use at the real life process, but um, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I hope yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you see as the significance of the Enneagram when it's compared to other personality tests since you've kind of led us into that introduction sure. of the Enneagram? Sure. Well, there's a lot of great ones out there, you know, uh, disc strengths finders, Colby, uh, some people still use Myers-Briggs. I mean, there's a lot of different ones. There's colors and animals and all kinds of things. What I love about the Enneagram is it comes from two different places. It comes from uh, the psychological world and began to be used in the late 70s <coughs> psychologically. 
but it also has a lot of really deep spiritual roots that go way back into very ancient religions, uh, Christianity included. And so you see it across the board in a lot of different places. And some people will go, well, that's what makes me question it is because, you know, how do you validate it? Um, but once you begin looking at the Enneagram, it does have validation. And what I love is the way I work with the tool is it really does talk about the three centers of intelligence. So it works with your IQ your in and your instinctual intelligence, what we call your, your gut intelligence, you know, I don't know. I just know it, my gut, that kind of, uh, so we've got the IQ of the head center. We've got the in instant instinctual intelligence of the gut center and we have the eq of the heart centers and so the enneagram really connects all three of those and as a believer i really love that because it really aligns for me in my faith and in my faith traditions with the idea that you know love the lord with your god with all your heart with all your mind and with all your strength it also aligns for me from a faith perspective of, you know, Christ represents that, that heart, that loving heart center, that God represents that wisdom strength of the head center and that the Holy Spirit, so a Trinity, a Trinitarian view, the Holy Spirit is represented instinctual knowing, you know, because again, from my faith tradition, that's not everybody's, but from my faith tradition, that would uh, be what, uh, you know, was left for me um, when Christ re, uh, went to heaven. He left the Holy Spirit as that guiding place. So there's a part of me in each of that. You know, I have God within. So because of that, and I have Christ's love within, and I have the Spirit within me, that connection to all three of those centers of intelligence uh, means that I have a home type that I live out of. Uh, there's nine different types on the Enneagram and I have one type that I live out of, but I'm whole and I'm complete because I connect to these other two. Uh, so I also have a head center and I also have a body center. That for me is one of the completest, that's not a very good word, <laughs> fullest, uh, you can edit that out if you want. That for me, it gives the Enneagram, it speaks to all, all of me not just a psychological tool. And again, great tools out there. I love strength finders would probably be my second favorite. Um, and I love how it shows me what my strengths are, but I see strengths finders in the Enneagram. I see the disc in the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I see Myers-Briggs in the Enneagram. So I think just because of its history, um, it just gives such depth and I can never stop using it. Uh, Kent Julian that Matt and I both love dearly as, you know, a trainer for helping us to be speakers and communicators. Kent says, and I asked him about this just a few weeks ago. I go, is that your original quote? And he said, yeah, I think it is. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give credit to you. Um, you know, not just shelf help. So I want tools that aren't just something that I, I take an assessment, I take a profile and then I put it on my shelf and I go, yeah, I'm this. Well, what good does that do me? I want a tool that's going to invite me to uh, show me behavior changes that I can make, show me relational changes I can make. And so that's where I see the Enneagram. Um, and yeah, I could talk about it forever. So we'll just leave it at that. 
There's a couple of things that you said that I absolutely love. My my background's in psychology and counseling. I love studying you know these different types of personality tests. Uh, I studied uh, Myers Briggs in college, and one of the things that you said that I absolutely love is it seems like a lot of these other personality styles are very surface level. They're very you know they have different uh, words for you know introvert versus extrovert. Mm-hmm. what your perception and stuff like that is the thing that I love about the Enneagram from what I have studied is that you get a, the completest uh <laughs> the comp- are you stealing uh, my words now yes <laughs> yes he is <laughs> a, a full and complete picture and I, and I love the illustration that you used a second ago and I've, I've never thought about it that way until you said it and that is and, and as a believer myself and 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 Josh and I are both strong Christians that we look at the Enneagram and it really is a, a picture of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And where they're, they're, almost their strengths are. And, and I've yes. never looked at the Trinity mm-hmm. and the Trinity of the Enneagram and how that completely this, fits in. Yeah. That, that is a really incredible yeah. And I don't view. share that often. I don't share that uh, view often of it. Um, I think but that is that mentions, and I, yeah, I but, that. <laughs> that is why I think it invites us to wholeness because what happens in our life is throughout our life, it starts in early childhood, really starts from the time we're born. You know, we come into a world that is not a perfect world, but yet we were created, you know, in God's image. And so we enter this world and things begin to happen to us. You know, they happen to us physically, they happen to us psychologically, they happen to us emotionally, and that begins to form our ego. And our ego begins to form at this very young age. You know, you're sitting there with your your baby. The listeners can't see that, but you know, uh, this this little one's ego is beginning to form even at this very young age. Mm -hmm. And you're getting a part in shaping that by the nurturing that you're doing, but nature had a part in that by the the gene pool, the DNA that was given. And then at some point as a child grows up, they begin to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So those three things come together to form this ego structure. And we spend kind of our life once we get to a certain age, kind of trying to put that back together because, you know, we have to, to reform. And many times that that need and that desire to go, and, and I'll say this, I call it the oh crap moment oh crap, what do I do now? Like my life just blew up, fell apart. Crisis happened, trauma happened, comes from any type of angle. We have more than one of those moments in our life, but you know. Had um, a couple. First, yeah, I know you guys have. We know each other's stories. The first few, we kind of push through and we still like out of our type, whatever our Enneagram type is, we just kind of overuse that that gift. You know, I'm a... Uh, three on the Enneagram and I'm so I'm very effective and efficient. And I'm just like, I could push through. I could be more productive. I can get more done. Matt and I were just talking before we started recording. He probably is a seven on the Enneagram. And as a seven, he's just like, well, I can avoid that pain. I'll just keep pushing through. I'll just have more fun because he brings joy to the world. I bring effective and efficient. We all reflect something of who God is, all of these nine types. So he's just going to push through with that. But eventually that doesn't work anymore. Like it's broken. 
And uh, I've done a lot of work in the recovery uh, world because of my story. And I will say this, we all have addictive behaviors. Mm -hmm. We all do. And we all have, um, you know, coping behaviors is what I like to call them. And many times those are rooted within even our Enneagram type. And they're that adaptive side of where we go to. And so when we can become authentically and really be challenged daily almost to be, you know, come authentically who we were created to be, and we can live in that full circle place, um, that's deep work and it's deep waters as we like to say. But if we're willing to go there, it's a beautiful place and it is a peaceful place and is a place where we're no longer striving uh, to, to, you know, even live in that work-life balance we were talking about or be the perfect parent or, you know, um, the perfect spouse or the perfect employee. Um, we come to a different undercurrent of peace that, that we know who we are, are authentically and we're able to rest in that. And it's daily work, you know, because tomorrow I'll get stressed out about something else and I'll get, you know, it's hourly work sometimes, especially in what we walk through. But that's what the Enneagram really invites me to is some really spiritual places as well, you know. So that's why I love the tool in that way. Mm, I love that. I'm sorry, Wim. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. I, I, I love, again, the, this complete self that we don't have to live in, you know, just our heart. We don't have to live in just our gut. We don't have to live just in our head because without the other two pieces, right. you don't have a full puzzle. So if you're, you're exactly living, right. if you're living just in your head, uh, you know, for example, then, you know, you don't have the heart, you don't have the instincts. Mm -hmm. of other people and and you know so forth and so on uh and but the enneagram invites each piece of that and says hey you know what you're just as important yeah and you know as you um i know talk a lot about the podcast about relationships and marriage and and different things too that when you can have that you know whether it's through the enneagram or other personality tools the more kind of knowledge, information, and insight we have into others, such as a marriage relationship, then uh, the more helpful that is in communication, you know, all of those things. So that's been another huge plus for me uh, with the Enneagram, whether it's in your marriage or with a group of people that you work with or whatever it is, that, that knowing of your own self and then understanding and giving empathy to others because you understand where they're coming from is, is huge as we uh, do relationships with others. And that's absolutely awesome. I would love to dive a little deeper into that, how the Enneagram has helped you and, and your husband. I know you've talked on your podcast sure. that sure. you and your husband are, are two different types. Yes. Uh, and then I'm <laughs> with your daughter helping you in your business. I'm sure that she has a, probably has a different type. Uh, than what you yeah. do. So uh, yeah. talk to us so, a little bit about how that has improved your marriage and your relationships. Sure. So one thing that um, Dell and I'll be married, I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but we're getting close to 38 years, I think. Yeah, 38 or 39, somewhere in there. <laughs> and uh, we were married in 82, so do the math. Um, 38. But 
38. Thank you, Jocelyn. I appreciate that. Math is not my strong suit. Depends on the so, only because I was born in 83. So I, oh, there you I go. Am. You know how old you are. So now I'll always remember that based on um, <laughs> sidebar there. But uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So when Dale and I were first married, you know, because I mean, we didn't know anything about the Enneagram or personality or whatever. Only in the last 10 years has that begun something that we had common language around. And I was a very strong personality. Imagine that. And uh, I know your listeners find that hard to believe. But, and my husband is a much quieter uh, type. Um, and so we are two different types in the Enneagram. I'm a three. And a three, much like a seven, uh, and also an eight, all three of those types on the Enneagram are what I describe as forward moving types, you know, and this is generalizing. They each do it differently because one's from the head, one's from the heart, one's from the gut, but of those types. But basically if we're in a room, you're probably going to know we're there. And that's just <laughs> a way to describe us, you know, uh, we're probably going to at some point meet a lot of the people in the room. Um, you know, we're, uh, and, and all three of those personalities do it. And here's the key for different reasons. Okay. So there's a different motivator behind why I would meet people and why you would meet people, but we're all probably going to be pretty forward moving. Or if, if we're with a team of people or a group, we're going to be forward leading. We're probably going to speak up that type of thing. And that also happens in our marriages. We're going to use our voice. And we're, or our opinions or different things. Jocelyn is laughing. I'll just describe that right now. So you can see vision that I'm seeing. Oh so, my. <laughs> so my husband, on the other hand, is a nine. So a nine on the Enneagram and a four, usually type four and a type five. All three of those are what we call away moving energy types. So remember, I'm forward, he's away. <laughs> well, that can be a really good thing because both of us aren't fighting for that forward energy mm. in a conversation or a decision. Or, but it also can be a very frustrating thing because early in our marriage, you know, I was always like, let's go, let's make a decision, let's move, <laughs> yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. You guys get it. And he didn't, need to move that fast. He didn't need to make that. And sometimes a type nine on the Enneagram, each type has their thing, but I'll, I'll talk about my husband. He's not here to defend himself. So <laughs> a type nine on the Enneagram, naturally they're a peacemaker. That's what they bring to the world is they reflect peace. So the opposite of peace would be conflict, you know, conflicting. So he doesn't want to have conflict. So he could check out, he could move away to where it wouldn't be conflicting. Let's just not discuss that. Well, I'm up to discuss anything. I could debate anything and, you know, I just want to talk about it and discuss it. And so you can see where that conflict starts to come. So the growth for us in our marriage, when we just learned that about each other and we're able to give it language, we're able to give it words and say, oh, you're not walking away just to 
really make me even angrier in this discussion, you're walking away because your natural instinct says flight, this is going to be conflicting. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you walk away or you walk out of the room. Mm -hmm. So now I can begin to not be angry at him for that, but go, that's just your natural instinct, you know, and that's just your natural desire. And, and he, on the other hand, has to give me grace and empathy to go, your natural desire is always to stay in the ring, you know, to move forward, to even physically sometimes move towards me and go, no, don't walk away from me. Or, you know, and I'm just going to be really honest because every marriage has been there where one spouse is walking away and the other one is like following them. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, it's comedy when we're watching somebody else do it. Right. But it's painful when it's us. (laughs) And so but you know, whether it's down the sidewalk or across the house or whatever it is, no, 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 we're not done with this conversation. We just keep walking. I'm glad we've never done that. No, oh, I know you guys haven't. That's why I'm on your podcast is to learn from you. Uh, and so, you know, that's just the energy different personality styles bring. But when you can learn as much as you possibly can, and let's really think about this. If we love our spouse, then wouldn't we want to know everything we possibly could about them? Mm-hmm. Not to please them and not to be like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, but yet to please them, <laughs> to say, I love you so much. I'm going to invest in knowing what I can about you in understanding what makes you tick, how you think, who you are. And if you'll do the same for me, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Now I don't, and I'll, I'll be honest to say, those types of arguments don't come. Those types of discussions. We're also been married a long time. So, you know, we're to the stage where we start to look alike, you know, (laughs) I mean, you know, that happens in marriage. You just start to look like each other. Um, You've been together so long, but um, you, you begin to just really lean into the empathy and grace and say, they're not doing that to get on my every last nerve they're really not out to just upset me. That's just how they're wired. And can I see the good? You know, I love the fact that my husband's a peacemaker and that, that he is a man who brings peace because I need peace in my life because I have that energy that goes. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that's how I think when we can invest whatever tool that a couple chooses to use, I also love the five love languages. I think that's yeah. Yeah, I was gonna a mention very, that very good tool. And you guys will find this funny as your listeners will, because every couple's done this. Well, maybe not every couple, but this was, se- you know, several years ago in our marriage, you know, Dale's not much of a reader, but I was determined that he was going to know the five love languages. So literally, like, I think we went for a weekend somewhere in the Lake of the Ozarks and I read him the book on the way down. That was before (laughs) Audible. So that dates us. But, you know, I'm like, hey, we're going to read this, you know, and I'm reading him the book and giving him the test on the way there. So, so that he can better understand me, you know, (laughs) And that's just how I used to do things. And I've learned now to, um, you know, we can't force someone to do anything. I've tried, you know, uh, it has to, has to be both people wanting to work on the relationship and invest. And the other thing to remember about that is 
that frustration that can come when one person really is wanting to dive into these kind of tools and do this deeper work and maybe your spouse isn't. Mm -hmm. And to just be patient with it, you know, let it happen in God's time. Um, because when you force it, <laughs> you know, that's probably not going to be the route that you want to go either. So, and I know you guys have never been on different pages with that either, right? Never. never. Jocelyn. Uh, never. A six is the easiest person on the face of this planet to live with. So. <laughs> are pretty amazing. I will say that they are pretty easygoing and you know why? And I didn't finish all the types in this. Uh, yeah. I was going to follow up on that. Cause I was like, okay, what's mine? <laughs> Great follow-up question. The six, the one and the two are what we call toward moving energies. So, so, you know, think of a two, a two brings love. So that's very much about other people. A six brings loyalty and faithfulness. Again, very much about okay. others. In some personality things, I would compare a six to that golden retriever, you know, when they talk about the animals. Um, but a six is very, or an eye on the disc profile. Uh, you know, it's very much towards people. Like, you know, I love, they like to be in groups. They like to work in teams. Um, which is you know. not what I would actually think for myself is really, yeah. yeah I, well, it depends different, different sixes do it differently, but, um, yeah. it's a connect. So, and then the, the two and the six and the one, and the one brings, um, goodness and the goodness is always what I call for the sake of others. Like, how can I make this better? sometimes clear to perfectionism if they're not careful, but it's usually because I care that it's good for everyone. And so each of the nine types bring those different kind of movements of energy. We call them stances, you know, um, into the world. And so, so yeah, that, that's really helpful when you're thinking about, you know, your relationship with your spouse. Hey everyone, it's Jocelyn from Family Life Movement. We are hosting our first ever free challenge. It's going to be five days starting September 14th. It will be on our Facebook group, Family Life Movement, or you can go to our website to sign up, familylifemovement.com. Hope to see you in there. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.